Good morning, family. Good morning. morning. Oh, it's still not good enough. Good morning. It's a good morning to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to see you all, familiar faces, new faces. As Malachi said, we are very honored to, for, to have you this morning with us to worship Jesus in this beautiful season that is Christmas, in this beautiful season that we want to glorify and point everyone to the real reason of Christmas, to the whole purpose of why we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And this is actually, I think, my favorite season of the year. Who has Christmas as their favorite season? The rest of you can leave. Because <laughs> Christmas is a world favorite. You can tell by the number of dinners that people have, the family gatherings, the people traveling this time of year. Airports are crazy this time but also all the songs, all the movies, all the TV show specials they make around Christmas, the money that people spend on gifts, in decoration. Go, don't go to Colombo during this time. Don't go to a shopping center. It's crazy because it's almost mandatory that everyone needs to celebrate Christmas. Even if you're not in the mood for Christmas, even if you're not feeling in the mood for a celebration and parties, you actually think, hey, it's Christmas. We need to make the effort. We need to be ready to celebrate because we see the value in it. Nothing really brings people together as much as Christmas. We get to enjoy being with family that we're close to. Many of you are going to be traveling. Some have already traveled to be with family. Others get to be with family that they're not very uh, close to. And let's just say that that's a good thing because I know that maybe some of you don't have... <laughs> family that is very easy to deal with, but at least once a year, we make the effort to be together because it's Christmas. We see it as a positive thing. Neighbors, coworkers, that sometimes we don't get along that well. We forget about the differences and we wish Merry Christmas. We bake cookies. Uh, one of the reasons why I love my wife so much is that yesterday we were baking cookies for with the girls, Christmas cookies. And it didn't come to my mind that we have such a big batch that my wife said, hey, why don't we just put these things on a plate in a Tupperware and say Merry Christmas to our neighbors? That's the beauty of it. Even neighbors that you don't know so well, you can touch their lives. You can impact their lives with a small gesture. All of this to say that this is only possible because of the birth of Jesus Christ. There is no other celebration around the world that brings people and the world together like Christmas. Last week, Dina explained to us exactly why. Because Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God with us. He's not just this great leader that was born or a prophet or a teacher, or a musician, or a humanitarian, or a philosopher, or a football player. Jesus is God with us. And not just God back then, He is God with us today. And that we celebrate Christmas, especially Christmas, because He chose to come as a baby. Now, I don't know, in God's infinite mind, of all the plans that he came up with in the whole universe, that he thought it would be a good idea to come as a baby. Do you know what babies are like? Babies are fragile. 
are so tiny, are so small. And it's true that babies are wonderful, but still, God, you're this almighty, amazing, wonderful God, and you choose to come as a baby. In fact, he, Jesus was in danger most of his childhood. He was running because he was seen as a threat by a king at that time, King Herod. But Jesus grew up not only to become the most influential person in whole history, but to become the savior of the world. And we call this message series, Joy to Your World. And maybe you wouldn't describe your world as joyful at the moment. I know that this specifically this month has been really, really hard on us, uh, both individually and as a family. Uh, some of you know that Sky, our youngest, she was um, admitted in the hospital. We were always with her for about a week. She had a, a respiratory infection. It took all of our energy. It, it gave us the scare of our lives because you see her not being able to breathe properly, the doctors not saying much, just being so worried about her condition. And you start hearing the news that babies and children are passing away during this season because of all these different viruses, their immune system is not prepared because of COVID. And all of these things come to you and you think God is with us. Yes, he is with us, but this is painful as nothing I've experienced before. Family-wise, my sister-in-law just found out a couple of months ago that she's struggling with breast cancer and she's going through exams and it doesn't seem that there's always another exam that shows there's another tumor and there's something else that she has to deal with. Super hard news on my family. Doctors have found a tumor in a dear friend of Gabby and I. So this is hard, even during Christmas time. Maybe your, your world is exhausted, feeling pulled by so many responsibilities. Maybe your world is disappointed because you didn't expect to be in this stage in your life right here, right now. Maybe you feel depleted. Maybe your world is suffering. You're overwhelmed with pain. You're overwhelmed with bad news. And maybe it's someone else that you're carrying the load. Maybe you would even describe your world as joyless. Because even though apparently you have good reasons to be happy, it's, there is still pain inside your heart. Now, we are here to tell you, and I'm here to tell myself, that Christmas is for the broken. God didn't come to this world to congratulate the successful, to high-five everyone that is doing very much okay in this world. The song goes traditionally, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. But as Dina shared last week, Christmas is for the faithless, for the joyless, and defeated. In other words, it's for all of us. Christmas, Jesus Christ, is for all of us, for the weary, for the messed up, for the broken. Because those are the ones that are able to receive joy during this Christmas season. Joy is everything we need during this Christmas season. This joy is for you. This joy is for me. This joy is for your world. And we're going to talk about one of the prophecies about Christmas, um, the birth of Jesus Christ, and how it's still relevant for us today. And Dina spoke last week about a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. 
So we're just going to take two steps forward and we're going to open in Isaiah 9. And just to give you a context of what was happening in Isaiah chapter 9, it talks about the people that were living in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali 700 years before Jesus was born. If, if you can take out the verse by now. Because otherwise, no one is looking at me and paying attention. You want to skip ahead and see what, it, what I'm going to talk about. So this passage talks about a land called Zebulon and Naphtali. This was in Israel, up in the north of, uh, of Israel. And one of the things that made life really rough for the people of Zebulon and Naphtali at that time was that it was a land without borders. It was a land without any kind of safety or stability. Soldiers from other nations kept marching through their place on their way to other places. They were causing all sorts of destruction and death, a situation that is very hard for most of us even to fathom. When Israel was attacked through history by northern empires like Babylon, Assyria, and you know these, these big names, these little areas of Zebulon and Naphtali were constantly being crushed and decimated. The first ones, because they were up in the north, which led them to wonder, why do we keep being picked on? Why doesn't God give us a break? What have we done to deserve all of this? Does God have even enough power to deal with this? How will life ever be good again? These were the questions, I'm sure, inside their minds. And it was to such people and their questions and their suffering that God sent this wonderful message in Isaiah chapter 9. The word of God says, But there will be an end to the darkness those people are suffering. In the past, people through the land of Zebulon and Naphtali was not important. But later, that land will be honored. The land along the sea, the land east of the Jordan River, the Galilee where people from other nations live. Those people lived in darkness, but they will see a great light. They lived in a place as dark as death, but a great light will shine on them. Can you put yourself this morning in their shoes? They were tired. They were exhausted. They were, as the word of God says, living in darkness. When all of a sudden they hear that God cares for them. That God knows what they are going through. That God sees them. And that God is going to do something about it. How wonderful, how exciting, the most beautiful Christmas gift that anyone could receive. But you know something, in a very real sense, we are also living in lands like Zebulon and Naphtali. Because many, many of you, maybe not all of you, but many of you are also tired of living in darkness, are tired of living in distress and living joyless. But we are here this morning to tell you that God sees you. Dear friends, God sees you. He knows you. And he is here to tell you that he is going to do something about it. 
You may feel forgotten by God, but God hasn't forgotten about you because he cannot stop thinking about you. You are dear to him. You are his creation. And he says, there will be an end to your darkness and there will be an end to your suffering. What he says that he's going to do in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. And what he's going to do in those lands is what he wants to do in your life too. You know what this is? <coughs> the part that I missed in the beginning is that I was sick for about a whole month without my voice. And now that is starting to come back. I need to tone it down. The word of God says that God is going to send a great light to the middle of darkness, to the middle of places where it doesn't seem that there is an answer. God is able to bring a great light, not just a light. He is able to bring a great light, a light that changes everything. And it doesn't matter if the place is dark as death. And death is the ultimate thing that can go wrong. Death is the place where we see no escape, that we see no solution. But the word of God says that even if you find yourself in a place as dark as death, God's light can shine on you. So what is this light? And let's continue reading in verse 3. The Bible says, God, you will make the nation grow and you will make the people happy. They will rejoice in your presence as they do at harvest time. It will be like the joy when people take their share of things they have won in war. This, that will happen because you will lift the heavy yoke off their shoulders and take away their heavy burden. You will take away the rod that the enemy used to punish your people as you did when you defeated Median. Every boot that marched in battle and every uniform stained with blood will be destroyed and thrown into the fire. This will happen when the special child is born. God will give us a son who will be responsible for leading the people. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. His power will continue to grow and there will be peace without end. This will establish him as the king sitting on David's throne and ruling his kingdom. He will rule with goodness and justice forever and ever. The strong love that the Lord all-powerful has for his people will make this happen. So let me introduce to you or remind you that this special child who was born is Jesus. God gave us a son called Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. And because of that, Zebulon and Naphtali found joy. When the prophecy was fulfilled, the Bible says this, Pedro. <coughs> What does the Bible say? The next day go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> he, Jesus, left Nazareth and went and lived in Capernaum, a town near Lake Galilee. Capernaum is in the area near Zebulon and Naphtali. Jesus 
did this to make true what the prophet Isaiah said. So this passage, this promise that felt, that happened very long ago, 700 years have passed. And these lands felt still forgotten. They still felt like God doesn't remember what he said in Isaiah. But the word of God says when Jesus began his ministry, that Jesus left Nazareth and went and lived in Capernaum, a town near Lake Galilee in the area near Zebulon and Naphtali. And this happened to fulfill the prophecy in Isaiah. Those areas that suffered so much were finally able to see the light, the great light that the Lord has promised. They not only heard Jesus preach, but they saw the miracles Jesus did in the synagogue and in the city of Capernaum. This is the place where Jesus walked on water. This is the place where Jesus caused miraculous catches of fish. This is the place where Jesus calmed the storm. And it may feel like you're in the worst of places for God to show his glory, but where you are is where God wants to show his glory. It doesn't matter if you live in a place or in your situation where you feel that there's nothing that can be done. Jesus will and he can show up and change everything. These lands were the first ones in the whole world to experience the glory of the only Son of God. And his light brought, was so bright, completely drove away all the darkness. And those who saw him and those who met him had their lives changed by him. Now we know the rest of the story. Some of you know that we're still now living in the year 2022, entering, God willing, 2023, and the world hasn't changed apparently that much. The world is still a very dark place. And you might be questioning if Jesus came and his light is so powerful, if he is so powerful to defeat darkness, why is the world the way that it is now? And God knows that too. Because there are many places and many hearts where his light is not shining yet. So many times people choose not to see or follow the light of Jesus and his word. And in a few chapters back in Isaiah chapter 8, it talks about the heart of the people of Israel, of the people of God. So let's read together Isaiah 8, starting in verse 21. It says, the people will wander through the land discouraged and hungry. In their hunger and their anger, they will curse their king and their God. They may look up to the sky or stare to the ground, but they will see nothing but trouble and darkness, terrifying darkness into which they're being driven. In previous verses that we don't have time to go through this morning, the prophet Isaiah was warning the people of Israel because their priority in, in times of trouble, in dark times, was seeking help in kings, was seeking help in armies. And when things didn't work out, they were consulting mediums and spiritists, trying to communicate to the dead 
for a solution instead of communicating with the God that is alive. Because when people are in darkness, they will do anything trying to sort out their problems. They will follow every wrong voice that promises a solution, regardless even if it is an easy solution or a hard solution. They just want an answer and something to do. And you know what this verse is so troubling to me is that this can happen even with the people of God. The devil keeps trying to get us to think that we know better than God about how our life should go. Or that people today are so advanced that we know better than people back then. We will not fall in the same mistakes, but you know something that never works. Yes, hospitals, medical advances are amazing. They are great. They allow us to live longer and allow us to live better. I believe so. We're thankful for the attempts of these world organizations to stop wars, wars to negotiate, to live with less fear. We're thankful for growing economies, for stable jobs these days that make lives, just make life a little bit easier on us. But these conditions, they don't solve the problem that life continues to be hard. We will always get sad in life. We will always get frustrated. We will always get disappointed. We will always lose loved ones and ourselves. We will always die. I'm sorry to bring the bad news. I know it's Christmas, but this is the reality of our lives. If you believe that things will naturally go to a good place, they won't. <laughs> Because ultimately we are living in a very dark world. And that without God and without Jesus, without his light, there's nothing that we can do. That is why Jesus is still the light of this world. That is why we're still here to proclaim that our hope is in the name of Jesus. We may not see fulfilled every single promise. We may not see fulfilled every good thing in our lives. But our hope is in the name of our Lord Jesus. He is still the hope of this world. In those times of trouble that you're in the hospital. That you are without money in the bank account. That you don't see a way out. You don't have anything to cling on. You don't have anything to put your hopes on. You can have the name of Jesus that is the light of the world. Because there is no darkness where his light is not stronger. You have a Savior that is always with you. You have a Savior that grants you love, joy, and peace to be always with you. Don't be discouraged by the always that seems dark. You have the always that brings you joy and hope. And do you know why can we say this? Why can I be so sure? 2022 years have passed and there's still darkness. How can I be so sure that things will eventually end well? Because Isaiah 9 verse 7 says, His power will continue to grow and there will be peace without end. This means every single day is an opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine more and more in your life. 
Every single day is an opportunity for the light of Jesus to be extended into people's lives. One day this promise will be totally fulfilled because the word of God says that Jesus will come back to establish his kingdom and it will be a kingdom of everlasting peace. To that we say like the early church, Maranatha, which means, oh, come, Lord Jesus. That is our hope. We do not belong here. We're going to live with Jesus forever. So we don't have to despair. In these temptations, we don't have to be discouraged. In darkness, we don't have to be overwhelmed by difficulties because the light of Jesus is still God's most wonderful gift that he wants to remind us of this Christmas and that he wants to start shining in your life today. Before I close this morning, I want to share with you and remind you, or maybe you're listening this for the first time, but share with you why you can find joy in the person of Jesus Christ. The first reason why we can find joy in Jesus is because he came for everyone. Luke chapter 2 says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I am here with good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. The promise is here. Jesus came to bring great joy to all the people. People of all skin tones, to short people, to tall people, educated people, uneducated people, rich people, poor people. Jesus does not discriminate joy because this joy is not depending on circumstances. It is depending if you have Jesus inside your life. And the only thing you have to do is accept him. This joy is available to all. You know that there are a lot of rich people, people that have everything they may want on this earth, and they're still desperate. And they're still super lost. They live joylessly. Even in the news, Gabby told me this week, this big celebrity in the U.S. just committed suicide. Just before Christmas. My friends, we are the body of Christ. We don't take Christmas or we don't take the news of Jesus lightly. That's our first big mistake. We think that the people that we meet, our friends and co-workers, and that everyone is happy that is Christmas, that everyone is joyful, that everyone is hanging in there. They're not. And many times you are not as either. So the news that Jesus is the light of the world, that Jesus is the hope of this world, is the news that this world and your world is desperate to hear. And if they don't hear it from us, they will not hear it at all. Because there's way too many new songs on the radio. There's way too many TV shows and movies that speak about gifts, that speak about love. All those Hallmark and Lifetime movies and romantic movies about Christmas. I know that some of you like that. They all go the same. They all have the same plot. That's what the message. 
that people are hearing this Christmas. But that is not the answer. That doesn't change people's lives. Jesus, this little baby that is born is God with us. That is the message that can impact our world. The second reason why we can find joy in Jesus is because he takes care of your needs. When Jesus came, he brought joy when he gave sight to the blind. He brought joy when he made the deaf able to hear. He brought joy when he made the lamb being able to walk. He brought joy when he cast demons out of people. He brought joy when he embraced the rejected and the lonely and he comforted them, everyone who was suffering. And I know that there is a lot that we want from Jesus. But there's a difference between what we want from Jesus and what we really need. And Jesus is way too busy, thankfully, to be caring for what we really need. And he knows your needs. Psalm 23 says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. This psalm was written by David, and David is not saying that he never goes through difficulties or struggles or problems, or that he never faces discouragement. It would be the biggest lie because we know all the other prayers and, and psalms that he wrote. He's quite of a desperate guy, very depressed all around, I would say. But he said this, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need, because what he is saying is, even though I go through difficulties, even though I live in dark times, the Lord is my shepherd, I have someone that takes care of my soul. God is responsible of taking care of my soul, I'm not responsible. He is responsible, he is my shepherd, and I trust the one that says that he would take care of me. He is saying, if I have Jesus as my shepherd, I don't have to worry about anything because he is all I need. If we were friends or, or close family with Elon Musk, do you know who Elon Musk is? Bill Gates, do you know who he is? Jeff Bezos. Not everyone knows who Jeff Bezos is. Very good on you. But if you could, if you were able to say, Elon Musk is my brother, you would say, I have everything I need, right? It would be good. It would feel nice, right? Because Jeff Bezos is my brother. I have everything I need. But you know something? Even if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk is your brother, you wouldn't have everything that you need. But because you have a shepherd of your soul, because you have Jesus, you are able to say, I have Jesus as the shepherd of my soul. I have everything I need. If we have Jesus, we have everything we need. Maybe you would give in a kidney if that would mean that you would have more money and more resources, if you could have the life that you dream of. But that is nothing. That is nothing compared to the Jesus 
that wants to be the shepherd of your soul? Are you able to declare this morning, like David, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The third reason we can find joy in Jesus is because he died on the cross. He didn't stay a baby forever. He grew up with the purpose of dying on the cross. And after three days, he rose again from the grave with all power in his hands. And because of that, we can receive forgiveness of sins and a new life. It means that we do not have to carry the burden or guilt of what is in your past. The Bible says that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, Micah chapter 7, he will turn again and have mercy on us. He will put away our iniquities and he will cast all of our sins into the bottom of the sea. I love this verse. In other words, when you come to Jesus, you will be able to breathe again. When you're carrying all of the loads of your past and your sin, do you know who is in the bottom of the sea? It's you. It's me. But when we accept and when we embrace this gift, this salvation, the sins, they stay there in the bottom of the sea, but Jesus lifts us up. What a privilege, what joy it is for you and me to know this morning that we don't have to take that anymore. The fourth reason we can have joy in Jesus is because he gives us strength. I hope that you can make Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 the, your verse for Christmas. It says, the joy the Lord gives you will make you strong. There is joy for your world. Because the joy the Lord gives you can make you strong. If you don't know how to carry on. If you don't have the mind energy or the emotional energy. And if you don't have the physical energy. The joy the Lord is able to give you this morning can make you strong. Can make you endure. Can make you strong in every battle, in every challenge, in every trial that you face. The fifth reason we can have joy in Jesus is because he gives meaning to life. This verse was actually gave to me by my mother in the past few days. And it came to me so strongly. Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Those whom he has called according to his plan. Now, this is a verse partially quoted by the world because the world says, don't despair. Things will sort themselves out. Something good will happen out of this, right? People say that. They wish well on others. But you know something that according to the word of God, that is simply not true. All things work together for the good of those who love God. Those who love God can have the hope that all things will work together for the good. If you don't love God, if you don't even know who God is, if God is put aside in your life, if God is not the one that you love the most, if he's not the most important person in your heart and your life, you don't have this promise. But if you love God, this is your promise. This promise is not for those who forget about God. 
It's not for those that sympathize with God. It's not even for people that go to church on Sunday. It's not for those who try to be good people. It's for those who love God. So the question is, do you love God? Do you love God? If you do, then whatever it is that you're going through, you can rest assured that God is with you, that all things will work together for the good. They will, because God takes care of you. What if you don't love God? What if, sadly, you need to confess and admit in your heart that God is not the one that you love the most? Then I would say, get to know him. Just get to know him a little bit better because he already loves you so much and he knows everything about you. The Bible says that he loves you with an everlasting love. And how can we not respond with love to a God that loved us this way so faithfully with so much kindness? And I can promise you the more that you know him, the more you will love him. So you need to invest in this relationship. If you want this promise of God in your life, you need to love him. The sixth and final, but not final reason. I want to invite the worship team to come. There are way too many reasons for us to find joy in Jesus. But the last one I want to remind you of is because when Jesus Christ, he ascended back to heaven, there is a joy in knowing that he is coming back again for us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, there are many rooms in my father's house. I would not tell you this if this was not true. I am going there to prepare a place for you. After I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. My friends, there is great joy in knowing that Jesus is coming back for us. He will take us to a different land. This means that for many of you, there's not going to be room sharing or house sharing or living in a hostel. You resonate with that message, right? There is room for you. There is room for you in heaven with Jesus. That brings joy today and forevermore. And not just that. In heaven, there is no more dying. There is no more sickness. No more wars. No more conflict. No more headaches or problems. The place where Jesus wants to take us there will be everlasting peace, harmony, 
The Bible even says that streets are paved with gold. Right now, I don't even care about streets being paved with gold. I just want to be there with you. There's going to be a tree of life that has leaves for the healing of the nations. That we don't have to worry about sunlight or moonlight because Jesus will be our everlasting light forever. Through all eternity. Where are you finding joy this Christmas? Even if you can't find joy in anything else. And I don't know how dire, how hard your circumstances are. May, can be even much harder than anything that I'm going through right now. But the Word of God promises you this. God wants to be with you. Jesus is still the light of the world. And there is no darkness that can be thick as death where His light cannot shine and change things starting today in your heart and life. Dear people of God, many of you are just wandering, unfocused, a bit lost in life in your priorities, in what you should be doing, in what you should be accomplishing. You're asking the same questions as the people of Zebulon and Naphtali. Why does God allow this to happen? Why am I feeling this way? Has God forgotten about me? When is this finally going to end, God? God wants to remind you that joy is awaiting you. Joy is awaiting you today, even as you wait for the rest of the miracles in your life. Joy is available to you today because your soul has a shepherd and you have everything that you need. So take this joy this Christmas season. Let Jesus be everything that he proposed to be inside your heart and life today. Will you stand with me this morning as we pray? Lord, we are grateful for a time, a beautiful time that we spend in your presence, thanking you for reminding us and telling us, for some of us, the first time this morning that you are the light of the world, that you are the light that shines in the darkness and and through your light, you can change everything. And Father, we, we don't know everything that is going on in every single heart in this room. We don't know all the circumstances. And we certainly don't know all of the battles that everyone is going through, Lord. But thank you that today you're reminding us through your word that you are with us. Thank you for reminding us that joy is available for us today as we open our hearts to you. Lord, we pray not just for our own lives and our souls, but we pray for our world, for the people in our world. Father, we pray for our family members. We pray for our friends. We pray for our neighbors, our co-workers. We pray for the people that we deal on a daily basis, Lord, that you also know how, how their lives are in this moment. 
Father, we, I pray and we pray together that you will help us to share the light of Jesus in this world. That you will help us share the good news that can bring light and life to everyone who hear. Father, we pray that your church, your body, during this season, that we will not stop proclaiming your goodness and the wonders of your name. And Father, and as you start changing and transforming our lives, that we will see the change and the light transforming the world around us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. We give you honor and praise in the name of Jesus.